This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to this Master's Class episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, where we go through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, I say homicidal too much in that Mo DeWitt ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, it's funny. I um, don't even think... I, I wrote copy for that ad, and I don't even think I wrote that. I, just, I, I don't know what happened there. Yep. And I guarantee you that's the only ad that that guy has ever had that has the word homicidal in it. <laughs> At all, yeah. Let alone Let twice. Alone twice. <laughs> I, I, I I quite enjoy it though, honestly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. So yeah, MCU man, I'm so excited. I actually watched these today. Oh yeah. Yes, did sir. I did. So did I. <laughs> yeah, man. I didn't have much else to do for a little bit, and then uh, I got sidetracked. But Joe, I'm sorry to interrupt with my neuroses. What's going on? <laughs> I'm not interrupting at all. I I, I appreciate your neuroses. Thank you. At least somebody does, man. Yeah. So, uh, although we have had episodes come out since then, this is the first time we've talked to each other since we were together in Orlando. Yes. Yes, man. A successful, successful trip. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. That was so fun, man. I'm so happy that that all worked out. And, and yep. you know, and you, you, Joe gets a lot of credit for this, man, because the technical aspect of what yep. we had to do that day. <laughs> yep. Dude. <laughs> The uh, how do I say this without being offensive? The engineering of what I had to do, it was crazy. Yeah, but I was yes. I was super impressed, man. It I'll was say the very... Irish engineering. I was the, well, Irish. Joe. The the old the old folks like me, we called it jerry rigged. Jerry rigged, yeah. Because that goes back to World War II, and they called the Germans the Jerry's. So ah, we could okay. call it jerry rigging. All right. All right. Yeah, because I go. fuck the Germans. <laughs> fuck the Germans. <laughs> exactly. I'm happy with the Germans. They sent me two knockoff guitars in like four days, man. That's true. Also, That's we did go to Hollerbox, which is really fucking good, yeah. too. Oh, oh, so man. maybe not fuck Zim Germans so no, much. Definitely not. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Protection from who? The Germans? Uh, that rooftop beer garden was nice. <laughs> it was so great. That was, Just, that's, yeah. That liter of beer. I was liter of beer. Yeah. You guys know liter beer? That today. Yeah, I was, I, listen, man, I had a great time, um, with, with you guys. I don't get to see Joe very often, you know, every once in a blue moon, it'll work out. We haven't seen each other in a minute, but the fact that Doug was able to come down and just, just hang out and, you know, my time was, was kind of split. I had to fly out on Sunday, so I didn't get the full hang, which I was very jealous about. You had to work Saturday and fly out Sunday. I was like, man, I wish Eric could have hung out the whole time. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you guys got to go see uh, Universal and stuff. That that looked super fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, And Deezer Land. 
Yep. Yeah, dude. Oh, I love that place too. That place was so fucking cool. It's I got so, so many good. pictures. Doug took like, Doug was taking like these artistic pictures, and I'm just like click click. <laughs> I'm like tourist pictures. Yes, hundred percent. The selfies <laughs> with the big smile. Oh, did you like my picture, Joe? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your tree? Not the tree. The when I transformed into you because I worked really hard on that. So what I did was I, I'm working in a place that has like a beaker of red fluid. Oh yeah, that right. That picture. <laughs> yeah, and I labeled it Joe. And pretended to drink it. And I found these cool safety glasses. Yep. And they look a lot like Joe's sort of signature look. <laughs> you know what They're I mean? Called like, the Aviator. The Aviator. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, that classic, like, you know, I call them dad glasses. It's also were, the Tony Stark glasses. He wears Aviator. The Tony, that's yeah. True. That that's same true. shape. So I, I took a picture of myself wearing those and smiling as big as I could. It, it was pretty awesome. I got to yeah. admit, I, I was very, very happy with that. Yes. Um, you know? So but this this was just fun, man. I'm just I just enjoyed myself like immensely. Yeah, yeah, it was the best time. It really was. It was so good that my my trip home didn't suck quite as much as it could have. I was stuck in the airport for a while, Eric. My flight was over an hour late Oof, leaving. That, that could be rough, man. And I found out about it when we were on the way to the airport, so there was no turning back. So I, I got to the airport around seven. We didn't take off till about eleven forty-five. Oh, no. And I may or may not have had a drunk person at the hotel waiting for me to get back to go to the hot tub. That's true. Oh. I didn't want to delay that for Joe, so he dropped me <laughs> off, and I just rode it out at the airport, watched the people, and uh, you know, I got in. I don't know. I got in around two thirty, I guess. I have oh. this fantastic hourglass beer I'm drinking tonight too that I picked up while I was down there. Yeah, he, he went got shopping. a lot of goodies. He went shopping, right? That's dropped like a hundred bucks. To <laughs> <laughs> this one's the raspberry wheat beer. It's a uh, delicious. Nice. Mm. Well, if I can end it on a sappy note, talking about our trip, it means so much to me that you guys do this with me. We've been doing it for going on two years, right? Like a year and a half ish. Year and a half, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting really close. Yep. Yeah, and and just to be able to do that was real special, man. Like you know, obviously I'd love to do it again down oh, yeah. the road and, and well you know. Halloween yeah. we're we're talking yeah. about getting together in Orlando. Yeah, we're planning it. We're trying Halloween Horror Nights. We'll we'll have these dates ahead of time for everybody. So if anybody wants to come in and go to Halloween Horror Nights with us, yeah, you know, figure out where we're gonna do a live live show from. Yeah, we're working it out. We're gonna get some some details ironed out. But it yeah. meant so much to me, man, just to be yeah. able to do it with you guys in person and you know, in that in that manner was super cool. Me so. too, bud. It did mean a lot. It was very, very cool. I've got our uh, updated download count right now. Also, we're sitting currently at thirteen thousand eight hundred and twelve downloads. That sounds that's nice. I don't know if that's good or bad. I have no- <laughs> I don't know either, but it's good for me. I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I- Last month we had one thousand one hundred and seventy-seven downloads. So that's two thousand downloads in a month. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'd say that's yeah. pretty damn good. I'm, hey, I'm you guys should that. you. A uh, thousand people fucking join our Patreon, please. Yeah, yeah right? I know, right? Dollar if each, each one of you gives us a dollar, we'll dollar. be fucking set. A dollar a yeah. month. Come on, folks. <laughs> we'll have this roadcaster paid for. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This thing, I, I got to say, I do love this, though. This thing came oh, in was such so in the clutch. It was so good. That, uh, yeah, so good at the show. It really was. Yeah. And I, I want to, while we're doing the suck fest here, I just want to give <laughs> Eric credit because, Eric, you carried that episode so well. Oh, you did. No, oh, thank you, man. You did. Yeah. I was in my element because, you know, nerds are my people. They yep. truly and, are. A, and a big thanks to, to EJ, who, who was sitting right there in the front laughing with us. 
Um, yes. And quoting every movie, that they dude's fucking cool. I I'd never met him before, but I felt like instantly like comfortable with him. Oh yeah. yeah, he's a he's a good dude. It was great having him there, and um, you know, he does the nerd jock segment yeah. segment for Tom and Dan. Um, I've met him before, and uh, you know, we kind of bonded over like social anxiety because right. we, you know, you get into these situations with all these like tom and dan listeners and bdms and stuff and it, it can yeah. be a little overwhelming mm-hmm. um so yeah it's yeah. either a meeting of nerds or a swingers party <laughs> <laughs> or something in, in the middle yeah so yeah he's a he's a good dude and uh obviously his wife uh is one of the people who runs my con um it's it's an awesome smaller convention yeah as an alternative to like these monster like mike uh, mega con things like that so if, if you're into that scene, I would highly recommend checking it out uh, the every costumes. year. Yeah, like man. Crazy. Such, such good people watching. Uh, 501st was there. There were stormtroopers and, and yeah. bounty hunters. We, and, we had a Boba Fett and a stormtrooper in the in this session while we were recorded. Yeah. One of them even talked on the recording. Yes, that was yeah. so Boba fun, Fett. man. Right. Um, and the, actually, I think both of them talked while we were recording. They did both, yeah. Yeah. Um, a special thanks to the lady who brought her like five year old and right as we started Bat Santa. <laughs> oh my god, that was the that might be my favorite moment from yeah. the live two, show. Two minutes before Bat Santa. <laughs> yeah, I I just thought like like I, we're talking. I'm like, okay, the next clip's Bat Santa. We got it queued up. I see them walking the door, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right well, here's here's a little behind the scenes if you if you want it. You know, I made this clip fest like this you know movie to to play behind our show. And in the first iteration of that, I didn't pay like really close attention to the timestamps I was sent. It was just, you know, okay, here's here's an idea of the scene that you guys are asking for, and here's where it sort of naturally starts and ends. Yep. So the bad Santa clip started with the line, fucking spick, and he starts <laughs> punching a donkey. donkey. Right? <laughs> and and when I sent Eric the clip, I I purposefully started it after that. That way, like that sure, wouldn't right. be in there. Yes. Yeah, but but I left it in kind of to fuck with Joe because you know, yep. just to because that's offensive to me and not you. Yeah, yeah. So because <laughs> I'm from Miami, <laughs> that's true. You hear that? So I, there there was like a second version of that video, um, you know, mashup where I took that out. You know, because we we had some edits, yep. we squashed some things for time. You know, we're trying to work out like we have an hour to work with. It's a 30 minute or so video and we're going to talk around things. So like just trying to dial it in. And then, so, you know, the night before we found out we only had like 40 minutes to do this all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a mock two of this yeah. video and uh, what ended up playing at the show was the mock one. Yeah. yeah well, thank, thank you to the hotel shitty internet for that. Cause I couldn't oh, download the part two. Awful. Four yeah. gigabytes. Yes. So. so with that said, that, that, <laughs> That little racial epithet, I knew it was coming, right, in in front of that clip. And our show was 18 and up. It said it on the on the flyer, on the door. Yeah, you know. thank God. I wonder how loud those speakers were down the hallway, though. I know. Ooh, didn't think about that. <laughs> didn't think about that. But it said 18 and up, and just before that clip ran, a family walks in, you know, dressed to the nines and like, Jedi robes and all yep. this cool stuff. It was amazing. Yeah. With I want to say like a six, six it was year young. old, yeah, somewhere around six, seven, and I had to stop the clip just to just to address it. Um, I'll I'll never forget that because <laughs> I I wanted to bury a hole 
and crawl into it. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, it couldn't have been timed any better. Yeah. 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 Um, and then when we apologize at the end of the show, they goes, "She's heard worse shit than that come out of my mouth at exactly. home every day." Yeah, they were they were good with it. So that they was, were very so was cool like, people. It's yeah. like I can breathe again. So speaking um, of Mach ones and twos and all these mocks, yeah, was, that was the clunkiest segue ever. But <laughs> we're gonna talk about Iron Man three. Uh, Iron Man three was. Not as celebrated as some of these MCU movies, but and I hadn't seen it since it came out. But I'll say right off the bat, I like this movie a lot. Liked it yeah. way better than two. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, I, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Um, but that's only because forty percent of it takes place in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why? Okay. I the knew, only I, reason why. I knew that would yeah. come up. So yeah, Iron Man three. Um, again, at this point. We got the Avengers, like, this thing is a, a juggernaut in popularity. So it's a oh, yeah. no-brainer to do another Iron Man movie. Um, let's just dive right into it. The movie opens with uh, Tony Stark, and he's narrating over the top of the opening. And it's so Tony Stark, and it's so, like, this is a Shane Black joint. It has such a different feel to it than the other MCU movies so far, where he's just, like... I don't know. It's it almost feels like a John Hughes movie opening, you know. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So he's he's narrating a story about how we create our own demons, and it flashes back to uh, 1999, New Year's Eve. Uh, Tony meets a botanical scientist named Maya Hansen, played by Rebecca Hall, and in uh, and I will say too, this 1999, you get to see, you get to see, um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that so that pays off later in the MCU, which which is crazy yeah. to me, absolutely crazy to me. And I forgot that this was the movie where you got to see uh, yep. Happy Hogan like that with the slick back, John Travolta hair and the suit and the goatee and everything. But man, that made me smile. Oh, it's so good in the bolo tie and everything. <laughs> like he was literally just John Travolta from Pulp Fiction in, in this. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Anyway. Um, there's this scientist, and his his name's Aldrich Killian. He's they they do his makeup in such a way. This is such a trope in superhero movies where like the nerdy character yeah. looks like a goddamn monster. <laughs> like just, yes, I know. They, they did it to uh, Jamie Fox in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, yep. or like uh, the main uh, nerd from Ready Player One. He looks just like him at the end. Yeah, just yeah. just yeah. over the top with the acne scarring and the you know crooked teeth and right, yeah. But he's he's sort of a Tony Stark fanboy and he's you know um, an eager scientist and he wants Tony's uh, financial backing because he has this idea called Advanced Idea Mechanics or AIM for short, um, which again. That comic book nerd boner is starting to <laughs> yep. starting to poke through the sweatpants, my friends, because aim like it's unbelievable. Um, Maya, on the other hand, the the botanical scientist, she has this experimental plant that she's working on, which in the funniest scene in this movie for me, she tells Happy not to mess with it. And yeah. when, she, when she walks out of the room, he just starts yanking leaves out like an ultimate chopper. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> uh, so she's been working on this experimental um, 
research in plants that causes their DNA to change drastically and has the power to cure incurable diseases and paralysis. Um, oh, so, and I, oh, yeah, well. Before I, you jump I, in, yeah, and, it, and this might come up later, what she's working on, what she called it, was extremis or extremis? Extremis? That sounds right. Yeah, extremis. Extremis? Yeah. Straight out of the comics. Well, nice. as um, after, you know, of course, he did fuck with the plant. You see the plant start glowing, at which point, you know, her and Tony are on the bed about to get hot and heavy because <laughs> uh, he's been hitting on her. And then it just explodes. And as it explodes, you see Happy run through the fucking door and jump on top of Tony into the bed. <laughs> and Like it's full on fucking bodyguard mode to protect him. Yeah. Um, at which point, uh, Tony says, I- I'm good. Can you get the fuck out of here? I'm trying to get some. <laughs> um, and then the next morning, of course, Tony does, you know, just kind of leave and leaves her the the note like the, uh, I-, I had fun, but, you know, that was pretty much all it was. Uh, and then, you know, we flash forward to the future. Um, and we're now like, it's some time has passed since the Avengers in New York City has happened. Um you know, and Tony's Tony's uh kind of just building as many Iron Man suits as he can right now. Um, I'm assuming he's trying to put that suit of armor around the world that will come to play a little later. But um, he's working on this newest model, which is called the Mark Forty Two. It's a modular model. All the pieces um, can like fly at him and just assemble themselves on his body, like as he calls them. It's kind of like his Thor's hammer, except for with a suit that goes around him. <laughs> Um, and b- believe me, there is no point in this movie where you'll be like, how many fucking suits can he just magically fall into? <laughs> that won't happen at all during this movie. I promise you that. Um, so the first, um, attempt at this, he's playing a version of jingle bells, which is very funky and dancing around as the pieces fly onto him. Um, but of course, you know, Jarvis ahead of time tells him, I've got a list of safety precautions that you're just going to ignore. So I'm not even going to fucking bother you with him. And he's like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> um and as you can imagine it doesn't end so well um as the pieces fly across the room and eventually uh he thinks he has it but the last piece hits him and the whole thing just falls off him and then uh jarvis kind of gives him like an i told you so it's great when he does that definitely yes. uh yeah so you know he he's talk tony's talking about how you know he's dealing with his demons you know he's still he's got Heavy PTSD from uh, the New York event. Yeah. Um, he turns the TV on and he sees uh, his first view of the Mandarin, um, you know, uh, finding out what the, what he, this new terrorist is doing. Uh, he's played by Ben Kingsley. Um, it, well, is he a sir? Yes, he is. He is Sir Ben Kingsley. Okay, I thought so. Rightfully so. The guy's, the guy's a master. Yeah. Uh, he sort of breaks into the, you know, the Mandarin, uh, hacks into the American airwaves and it makes his debut, uh, talking to, taking credit for a bombing of a U.S. military station in Kuwait, uh, killed the wives and children of soldiers out of maneuvers. Uh, you know, it's especially heinous and disgusting. So it, it, you know, it obviously gets Tony's blood boiling. Uh, the president's initial response to the Mandarin, you know, he doesn't take him seriously or he treats him like that terrorist. We won't negotiate with terrorists, but, uh, you know, it doesn't work out well. Um, he, the Mandarin becomes, you know, the butt of jokes on the late night TV circuit. 
uh, people aren't taking them seriously. So, um, okay, sorry guys, I'm losing my shit here. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah. So it it seems the only thing he's able to come up with to take uh, is to take the the Mark Eight, the suit worn by uh, Rhodey, um, and uh, it's formerly known as he's formerly known as War Machine, but uh, they've changed it now to uh, the Iron Patriot. He's going to start looking for the Mandarin. So you painted it red, white, and blue. That's the only thing you did. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do like the authentic um, authentic feel of like the videos the man are releasing because like around this time was time we're starting to you know it's a few years after but we were seeing all those al-qaeda videos and that kind of stuff and it had that similar feel to it. oh definitely yeah very like it felt authentic oh yeah. that was definitely yeah very creepy shit now that that iron patriot suit i know i brought this up before but in the comic books it was worn by norman osborn when he was uh-huh. creating the dark avengers so wow. Okay. It was interesting to see them spin it this way because it is totally different, but it makes it makes a lot of narrative sense. Sure, sure. Um, but in the comics, he was trying to appeal to the masses, like you know, yeah, I know I'm Norman Osborn, but look what a good dude I am now. I'm reformed in America, you know. Right, right. Okay. Like America's great, dum dums, and and <laughs> so that's kind of what's happening here. Um, obviously, Tony and Rhodey being good friends. He kind of asked Rhodey, Tony does, like, what's going on with this guy, the Mandarin? Because you have an in with this, you know, you're the Iron Patriot and, and you know, you're the response, basically, to what's going on with the Mandarin. So uh, Rhodey tells Tony that the, the media officially only know of three bombings attributed to this guy, but there's been at least six um, off the books. So he lets him know he's operating the Mark 8 armor as the Iron Patriot and they, there's some fun back and forth about how stupid that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, just that the name is corny. Like, the whole thing is corny, obviously. Um, while this is going on, Tony's confronted by a group of kids who want his autograph because he's he's Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Um, Tony jokes that the boy looks very much like Ralphie from A Christmas <laughs> Story, <laughs> which is such a perfect Tony Stark moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, the girl in the group asked Tony how he was able to escape the wormhole in New York, and he starts freaking out. He, you know, this is a, excuse me, really good depiction of a panic attack in a movie. Yes. Yeah. It comes out of literal nowhere, and mm-hmm. if you've had a panic attack before, oh, yeah. you understand that, that feeling of, uh, it comes on so strong, and in that moment, there's nothing you can do. Nope. Yeah. And, uh, you know, credit to Downey Jr.'s acting here, like... He goes from happy, jokey, you know, fuck offy Tony Stark to there's something really wrong, and I don't know what it is. It's freaking me out. So, um, yeah, he 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 has this panic attack and makes a beeline for the Iron Man suit, which, by the way, he parks next to motorcycles when he goes to a restaurant, which is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's just got this PTSD from like almost dying in the wormhole. Oh yeah. yeah. Because the when the suit thing. the suit powered yeah. down and like he didn't know he was gonna survive and then yep. he fell yep. and he was literally just saved because the Hulk jumped up and grabbed him. Yeah. And here here's the world's most confident man suffering a panic right. attack or an yeah. anxiety attack or whatever you want to call it. Never happened to him before. So he's like, Am I being poisoned? Am I you know, am I having yeah. a fucking heart attack? Yeah. Like he wants to understand what is happening to me because this right. is not correct. Yeah. And the suit, you know, Jarvis in the suit does a diagnostic and tells him 
it's an anxiety attack, bro. Yeah. I feel like I relate to him a lot, too, because I'm the type of person that, like, I would be like, oh, you like that kid from this movie. Like, I would say some shit like that. Like, totally not paying attention to what's actually going on in this in my own, like, my own narrative of, like, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just, I thought that was a cool, again, the reason I love Marvel so much is because it's, they're stories about superheroes who are flawed. So. Yep. When you yes. read a Spider-Man story, yes, it's about Spider-Man saving the city or saving the world, but it's also about like he couldn't get his aunt's medication or right. he, you know, he fucked up a date with a girl or he can't pay the rent. It's the same thing with Iron Man. Like he's he's a flawed person, he has issues and mental health issues at that, you know, something that they're openly sort of grappling with here. Yeah, it's the easiest way for us regular folk to connect. Yeah, you know, because yeah. they are put on a pedestal as being quote the superheroes and the saviors. But yeah, this helps us connect on a human level, and that's more the port- more important than anything to me. So, I think I think that's probably why I have an issue connecting with Superman. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's but the your problem. favorite's Captain America, who like he doesn't have those issues. <laughs> yeah, well, see, Captain America does have those issues, and I'll tell you why. Because the man out of time thing and thank you. Okay. And yep. the and the I lost the love of my life thing. Right. He he wears the stars and stripes and he's that Boy Scout and all that. But he's got that some makes demons. Sense Doug's the man out of time who lost the love of his life at the airport. At the airport, <laughs> I did a long time ago. You're absolutely yeah. right. Too. Okay, I, I retract my statement. There now you sense. know how I can connect with with Cap. I mean, that's yeah. why he's my guy. You know. Okay, fair I'm enough. Still I... looking for that fucking dance. Yeah. <laughs> Brooke, uh, so uh, we get back to Stark Industries, and uh, we see Pepper Potts, once again played by Gwyneth Crystals Paltrow. Um, she's going to meet her uh, 4 o'clock appointment, uh, which Happy is like, you didn't tell me you had an appointment. Who's this appointment with? Like, I love how he's taking security so fucking seriously. Yes, exactly. And he's like walking around like, name badge, name badge, yeah. name badge to everybody. <laughs> um, this appointment with, is with the man we saw earlier in the, in the movie back in 1999, Aldrich Killian. Uh, he has now improved. He actually looks kind of like a dollar store Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not like great, but he looks more like Brad Pitt now. No, he does. He does. Yeah. Fight Club on Broadway and shit. He looks like he'd be in like Mike Club because he might be Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's a nice that's a nice piece of dress up they did because I mean Guy Pierce usually doesn't do that. You know what no. I mean? He's got a more rugged natural look himself as an actor in most of his roles so they did a good job of of dressing him up like that in this one yeah well i looked at everything i'm like i'm like why does he look so much like fucking brad pitt it's like i don't like this yeah yeah <laughs> um he's in you know way better physical shape now his disability that he had um, before seems to be gone um aldrich is still like interested in you know stark tank backing his idea the uh, you know i aim the advanced idea mechanic um their goal now, though, is to be a biological experiment called Extremis. Uh, it harnesses the brain's power. It can alter the human DNA. He shows Pepper this like holographic reconstruction of his brain and how Extremis now utilizes parts of his brain that otherwise would have went unused. So Pepper tells Aldrich that Stark Industry isn't interested in funding AIM because the ideas could translate, therefore, into human weapons. Um, I do like also how, like, they're getting real close in that office. Like she, he's flirting big time with her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I think he's looking for his in to, to screw Tony on every level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tony dismissed him back in 99 at the party. 
and now he's looking for a way to get back at him, not only on a professional level, but a personal level. So he's going to do everything he can. Plus, he's, you know, he's a psychopath now, so that doesn't help matters. Not Plus, he heard, about them, he heard about them crystals. Yes. See, yeah, and I, and I like how and intelligently candles. written Pepper Potts is. Yes. As opposed to how ultimately stupid Gwyneth Paltrow is. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> well, she's a good actor. Yeah, exactly. You know, she's got the, the key she, to being an actor is being a good liar. She's a, yes. she's actor smart. You know. Yes. So, so we get into a little more about about Happy taking his new role as head of security. You know, a little too seriously. Um, as Joe mentioned, he's he's got a thing about the badges. Everybody needs to wear a badge, and he never fails to tell them about it. People get pissed off about. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he's with Pepper and she's trying to she's trying to explain to him, you know, that it's not his his attitude's not going over well and that uh, complaints against him by employees are up 200 <laughs> <laughs> percent. He, he likes that. He's like, right. Oh, I'm doing a good exactly. job. That's like a badge of honor for him. Yeah. Speaking of badges, that's a badge of honor for Happy. He takes that as a compliment. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. So at this point, Pepper drives home and Tony has left for her. An enormous stuffed bunny rabbit as her Christmas gift. It's uh, what, like twenty five feet tall? Like it's fucking yeah, ridiculous. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is like supposed to be their date night. Um, she's greeted by what she assumes is Tony, but in the Iron Man suit. So you know, like some kinkiness maybe in store. You know, like oh, you gonna leave the suit on? But uh, turns out <laughs> <laughs> Tony's not in there at all. He's just. Uh, He's like a sort of remote controlled suit that's, you know, he's talking through and he's actually down in the basement working on more Iron Man suits. So this is, you know, an analogy for like every middle-aged, midlife crisis nerd dad who's like in the garage with some Fox body Mustang, you know, yep. all the time and, and not paying any attention to their wives. Yes. Um, it was a pretty cool moment because it still illustrates that that although tony stark is growing as a human um he's not all the way there yet so you know he threw money at at a ridiculous gift in the hopes that it would you know this is what you're supposed to do and it was right. meaningless and you could tell to her it was a meaningless just also it's just stupid like what the fuck was this, dude, this giant stuffed rabbit <laughs> <laughs> so this this leads to a really kind of haunting moment um, that explores more of Tony's PTSD. They're in bed, um, you know, sleeping after the sort of makeup sex happened, and he's having a nightmare. Clearly, you know, and there's some some he's shaking and stuttering, and all of a sudden the new prototype Iron Man suit um, comes to life and makes its way into the bedroom to defend Tony. Because he's obviously, you know, his vitals are spiking or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, it, it's going to hurt Pepper. It grabs Pepper because I guess it assumes like, oh, this chick is, is doing something to my, my boy here. Uh, Tony wakes up and does this really cool, like, karate chop through the air dismantle procedure and a thing falls <laughs> apart. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very scary moment for both of them. You know, obviously for her and for him, he's like, I, I'm not in control right now. And it's putting this person I care deeply about in danger. Uh, so he, he kind of comes clean to her that like, listen, man, I've, I've not been myself. I've been a mess since the New York thing and the, the Chitari and the wormhole and the nuke and all that shit. And he hasn't been able to sleep at all. No. 
Um, so the, the next day we see Happy following one of Killian's men, Eric Savin, which I think the reason he's following them is that he's played by James Badge Dale, and he's obsessed with badges in this movie. So I got to say, I love, I, I got a man crush on James Badge Dale as an actor. I think he's a very cool actor. He's in a show that Erica and I watch on Stars called Hightown. We, okay. we dig it. We, it's, it's our Miami connection, Joe, because it takes place on Cape Cod. So, like, there's a lot of scenes. That they talk about New Bedford, which is the shithole next to us and, yeah. and and stuff. And he plays a cop, a very, very flawed and damaged uh, cop. And I just dig the actor. I just love him in anything he does. He was in The Pacific on HBO. Um, and every, Anyway, I'll stop now. But James Badgedale, yeah, I dig that nice. guy. Yep. Um, they're outside of Grauman's Chinese Theater. Uh, Savin's meeting with another man, Jack Taggart, and he uh, gives him a briefcase. Happy tries to intercede, but is beaten senseless by Savin, which is kind of funny because Happy gets his ass kicked a lot in all these movies. Yeah, he's sort of like, like the the Wolverine of Marvel of, of the <laughs> Avengers. Not movie. not for long. <laughs> Apparently, from the spoilers I've been seeing, we may be seeing Wolverine sooner than we thought. Oh, I hope so. Especially from the trailer that came out today for uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I didn't see that one. What? What? A, a new trailer came either. out today. Oh, and shit. Some, there, there may be a, a hint to a certain called individual in it get the fuck out of my face are you yep. serious 100 oh, okay. i mean we're getting, we're getting charles xavier so why not wolverine yeah oh. why, why not give people the one that they all seem to want for some reason not as cool as gambit but you know <laughs> fucking get wolverine in there I, I, know, I know you know the only way we can get gambit is to put him in a wolverine movie aside with with deadpool you know yeah exactly how do you get deadpool and gambit yet wolverine's the star I don't fucking understand this. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, two words. Hugh Jackman, that's why. <laughs> yeah, huge jackass. I don't huge, know. Nah, he's a cool dude. Nah, I know. I'm just fucking around. Um, I've hung with him. He's cool. No. Also, how does Ryan Reynolds go from like not being able to talk to being Deadpool who could talk nonstop? I don't yeah, get that either, but yeah. Weapon X, but whatever. And they didn't even change MCUs. That was still the same MCU. I don't even understand. I don't fuck. I'm done with that. Because like, it was still X-Men MCU. So like, it's not like they had to like change the character like... Why would yeah. you have done that? Like you're, it's it's what we refer to in the biz as a retcon, and yes. not not only is it a retcon, but there's a big retcon in the next MCU movie that we're going to talk about, uh, Thor: Dark World. Yes. So get ready. Yeah. Something to do with eyebrows. <laughs> That's the biggest <laughs> retcon of all. Yeah. Although as I was watching that today, I did notice that Anthony Hopkins didn't have any eyebrows. So I was like, it's like <laughs> it's Thor genetic. took his eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, um, Happy gets his ass beat. Um, Taggart eventually, you know, overheats and then explodes. And it just all that we see left is his dog tags. Happy's injured pretty bad, but Savin seems to walk away without any problems. Um, a few hours later, the Mandarin hijacks the TV airwaves again, and he's taking responsibility for this explosion. Can I just say, I like Ben Kingsley a lot. Me too. I, I hate his voice as the Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's my it's right up there with fucking uh, uh, Bane from the Dark Knight Rises. I can like, see that. OK, like, I, because, I get that because I'm, I'm trying to get into the movie and fucking here comes. <laughs> and I've come here tonight. To take a, it's like he's doing mm -hmm. like a he's like a British dude doing a Richard Nixon impersonation. Yeah, it's yes. very strange. Very yeah, it just, is. It's an odd. Yeah, he has an odd affectation going on that whole thing. Um, 
And really quickly, speaking of Bay, and I, I think it's a Tom Hardy thing. He has a problem doing voices. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't stand his fucking Venom voice either. Well, that like, that's Eddie what are you talking about? I like really, his Venom voice. It's really no. I like Venom's voice. I don't like Eddie Brock's voice. Oh, I got you. Oh, yeah. Like well, he's he like trying do to do a like good this... like New York Brooklyn accent. Yeah, it's like no. a New York guy. You know, and the Venom and, voice is fucking awesome. Oh, that's no, that's beautiful. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, but yeah, so. <laughs> We're going to eat him. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> that's way more funny than it has any right to be. Like, that's that's what that movie, those movies are. But oh, I they're didn't. fucking, like, the, the, just like, like, I wish I just let the Venom guy talk all the time like the Venom character. No, I know. It's so I fucking know. great. It is. It is. All right. So, yeah, Happy got blown up, um, and Tony is losing his shit over this. Um, the anger is definitely coming to a head for him. He visits... Uh, he visits Happy in the hospital. Uh, he's in a coma. He's not doing well. Um, and he immediately picks up Happy's mantle. He wants to make sure that all the staff yep. in Happy's room have badges on because that's what Happy would want. Um, we learned that Happy's favorite TV show is Downton Abbey. Uh, so, Tony, make sure that it is on 24-7 for him, uh, even though he's in a coma. Um, he steps outside, and he's surrounded by reporters, and the this is where the anger just boils over uh one of them just blatantly asks tony if he's going to kill the mandarin and tony and his just you know non-thinking verbato what's the word vibrato. vibrato there you go i said it yay bravado yeah his, his vibrato is beautiful though too exactly it is it's yes, very, very it is. um <laughs> he just lays it out he 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 uh just Says his address. He says, well, come and see me. He wants the Mandarin to come see him. He gives his address right on the air there. Uh, and then, you know, he grabs one of the one of the tape recorders and smashes it. And, you know, he says, bill me. Walks away in typical Tony fashion. So um, he's not thinking clearly. I think it's part of the PTSD um, that's getting the better of him and making his, his anger supersede his thought. I mean, he's an arrogant guy, but he's a super smart guy. And yeah. Uh, it's, the anger is getting the best of them, and it's not making them think straight. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a real come at me, bro situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. yep. Uh, so when, when he's back at home, Tony has Jarvis bring up a hologram diagram of the destruction of the uh, Grommets Chinese Theater, which, by the way, if Tony Stark wants to make a world a better place, give that to the FBI, like the ability yeah. to, yes. to, to do that. Uh, exactly. Because he's able to like look at the crime scene and pick shit up and like yeah, yeah that would be useful, Tony. For I don't know, maybe yep. maybe maybe some innocent people wouldn't be in prison. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, while while Jarvis is analyzing the attack, Tony discovers that Happy is pointing to a curious oddity of military dog tags with the name Jack Taggart etched onto them. Uh, since there was no active military personnel at the blast, Tony wonders what the fuck is this doing here. Rightfully so. Uh, Jarvis then analyzes the latest Mandarin attack and compares with past incidents. So he's doing his best Bruce Wayne impression in this sequence. Right. Piece of the, you know, greatest detective. Um, basically, what he figures out is that the uh, incident that happened four years ago in Rose Hill, Tennessee, was almost identical to this one. And it predates any known Mandarin attack. Um, in this attack, there was an ex-Army soldier, another military guy, named Chad Davis, who blew himself up and took out five people with him. Uh, Tony then asked Jarvis if he, if he has ever been to Tennessee, uh, which Jarvis, you know, 
takes to mean that's where we're going, creates a flight path. But of course, Jarvis hasn't been to Tennessee, you dumb bastard. He's uh, a... <laughs> um, it's a very strange way to ask for him to make a flight path to Tennessee, but that's what he does. Yep. Um, Tony gets interrupted when he hears a doorbell ring. And um, he wonders, like, why he's getting visitors since he told Jarvis that the houses should be on complete total lockdown. Assuming, like, that's what you do after you threaten a terrorist <clears throat> and give him your home address. <laughs> but that visitor turns not turns out not to be the Mandarin, but in fact, Dr. Maya Hansen, the chick he slept with earlier in the movie. Forgot about that part. He, like, you know, he just left the next morning, too. Um, but she believes Tony's in danger. Yeah, Tony believes he's in danger, too, if he has his house on lockdown. Yeah. Right. Um, Pepper is now freaked out, arguing with Maya. Um, and just as that's happening, you know, we see her look at the the news and says, um, should we be worried about that? And you see this, like, missile come fucking flying from, a, like, a helicopter yeah. um, right at the house. Uh, just as this, this hits and explodes, Tony, like, throws the Mark 42 suit and tries to cover up and protect Pepper. Uh, Pepper and Maya survive the attack, um, and Tony gets into the suit and then manages to destroy two of the helicopters, but he doesn't have any power left, and you just kind of see him along with the house crumbling down into the sea. Um, the suit does, though, regain power and flies off unseen as Tony's passed out. Yep. Um, I dug that scene. The helicopter yeah. attack scene was very well done CG-wise. Look yeah. realistic, or well, yeah. as realistic as I would understand something like that happening. I have no knowledge of shit like that, but I, I just I, I thought that was really cool, uh, definitely. And the it whole was thing well made, crumbling and, down and stuff. So, and there was that little beautiful moment of levity where the giant bunny rabbit sank to the bottom of the ocean. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the the filmmakers are correcting their mistake, but. You know. <laughs> pretty cool so uh sometime later tony awakens in the suit uh when jarvis sets off the low battery alarm um he then sees that he's plummeting to the ground um crashes into a snowy forest at full speed and you know does the skipjack right across the snow um you know initially thinks he's in northern california but jarvis then informs him that he's actually five minutes outside rose hill tennessee so the suit followed the flight path that jarvis planned and got him there even unconscious um (laughs) so he uh jarvis reminds him that he asked for a flight plan and that's what happened uh so uh the suit runs out of power and jarvis shuts down before he can get yelled at again yeah he's like Sir, remember when you told me all of your exes live in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So at this point, Tony is is trudging through the snow and dragging the uh, the Mark 42 suit along with him, um, which is really cool, man. The the whole premise that we tackle in the MCU with Tony Stark and, and Captain America's challenge to him was like, without the suit, what are you? Right. Right. Like the suit is what makes you who you are. And God damn, this movie does a lot to disprove that. Yes. yes. Half this movie, Tony doesn't have the suit. Yep. Right. Exactly. And yep. he, he gets by. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah. So he's, he's dragging this thing through the snow. And by the way, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a sleeper Christmas movie right yep. up there with like Batman Returns. You can tell when they get to Miami and it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens at christmas time in miami it um is. so he stops at a gas station and he uses a payphone to call pepper 
and then he steals a poncho from a cigar store mannequin. So to see him at his lowest low is great because, again, just like Superman, characters get real boring when they're super close to perfection and rich and famous and awesome life and hot girlfriend or fiance. So you got to take him down a few pegs to, you know, so he can build himself back up. Uh, Tony, next, we see him dragging that Mark 42 suit to what seems to be like an empty house nearby. Um, immediately he starts working on trying to repair it. Uh, but it turns out the house isn't empty. It's occupied by a lonely 10 year old kid named Harley Keener. Um, he's stunned to find Tony working in his garage. Um, and at first it's weird cause like he acts like he didn't know it was Tony Stark, but like he has a newspaper with Tony Stark's face on it. <laughs> um, Tony does ask for some help and those, you know, tells him, Hey, look, I'll, I'll help you out later. If you uh, kind of get me what I need. <laughs> but uh Harley tells Tony that he thinks um the world thinks that he's dead after the attack of his mansion so he starts to call himself the mechanic. And uh <clears throat> at that point Harley starts asking a question about New York City and then Tony has another panic attack. Yeah, was that the one against the car? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was again RDJ does a great job, you know, portraying that. Because as you said, Eric, for those who have, you know, experienced it and lived through it. Oh, yeah. He de- he, he demonstrates it well. So Believe it um, or not, I get them from time to time. Yeah. No, I, I listen, It's it, that's the thing. And, and not to get too deep, but it's the best thing about people who have it is the ability to, you know, talk about it. You know, yeah. it's, it's something yeah. that helps. Like, I have some family members that deal with that. And I've, I, I've had a couple myself, but, you know. Yeah. I, I think it happens at least from what I've real re- what I've recognized to people who overthink everything. Oh, a hundred percent. Your brain goes into overload. That's yeah, the bottom line. Your brain overloads and and it sh- it shuts down in a way. You know. Yeah. Um, you you can't. You're thinking of all these different possibilities and like right. none of them are working and then like you're just, yep. you're just shut down. You can't do anything. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Stop attacking me. <laughs> hey, it happens to me. <laughs> I think I, I think it's, it affects the smartest people the most. Fuck yeah! Oh hell yes! Yeah, I, I was gonna say my experience with it too is is that it doesn't necessarily correlate with something stressful going on. I could be ha- out with my kids oh, yeah. having a great time, right. and it just sneaks up on you like a fucking uh, yeah. a, a big wave at the beach. You're like, right, where, like where did that even come from? You know what yeah. I mean? Back I could be at an IKEA getting ready to go to a Tom and Dan event, <laughs> <laughs> and it hits me. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's odd. It's odd, and it, it's not easy to deal with. So, um, yep. All right. Uh, so we're back at Tony's mansion, or what's left of Tony's mansion, and uh, Pepper's, you know, she's obsessed with, you know, determining whether or not Tony's still alive because she hasn't seen him or, and hasn't been able to find him. Um, she di- she does get the voice matches that Tony left um, after the attack, so... She can breathe a little bit knowing that he's alive. She still doesn't have any details. Um, so we go back to Tony. He's working with the kid. He's working with Harley. Um, and just by the, the clues that Harley's been dropping and the, the little potato gun and the weapons he's been making, he realizes that Harley's probably being bullied at school. He looks like a, a smaller kid, you know, for his age. So, you know, he's probably yeah. catching shit at school because – kids are dicks um you know and well, adults are dicks too so it's, people suck uh, everyone's dicks exactly uh so 
you know, they're working on this stuff, and uh, Tony finally manages to get Jarvis back online. They get some power back in there, and, uh, you know, thanks to the HUD display that he developed several months prior to the bombing. So uh, the pieces fall together, and he's able to get things going again. So uh, now that we've got, like, this buddy cop situation happening with Tony and this kid, which I love, by the way. Yeah. I think, it's, I think that kid is, is an awesome actor in this movie. Yeah, he's he way better than the kid from Terminator. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> I was gonna say he's better than the poor Anakin Skywalker kid. Uh, Jake well, Lloyd. I mean that's not that's that's like yeah, exactly. That's not my cat. That's better than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my cat's better. That's probably true. Yeah, that's um, true. That poor guy, man. Oh, I digress. Yeah, yeah. So now they're a team, and, and Tony's looking into the um, the crime scene of that suicide bombing in this kid's town in Tennessee. So Harley's filling him in on, you know, all the rumors and all the dumb towny shit that people said about it, um, you know, about the attack and the soldier in question. Tony notices that there are five shadows on a cro- on a concrete wall, which is eerie shit um, yep. from the five victims who were killed, but notices that there's no sixth shadow for Chad Davis, um, which is, you know, in his estimation, kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah, and like I like what the little kid says, like you know, it's because he didn't have a soul or some shit like that. Like he's the devil or something. Yeah, um, he's, there's all this like you know, sort of like towny mythology as to like yeah. why his shadow isn't there. And you well, know. it's the same reason the sun doesn't have a shadow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, pretty when you much. Ju- when you're the light source, you don't have a shadow. There you go, science yep. 101. So uh, Tony then like meets with Davis's mother at a bar. Um, where he notices that she's been expecting somebody and has a file in her hand. Uh, he's about to ask her a few more questions when we get um, this woman who's kind of, you know, she's, she cl- claims herself to be like a Homeland Security or FBI or something, some kind of agent like that. And she uh, interrupts them and says that she was the one who uh, had actually called her there. Um, and then handcuffs Tony. Um, so... She's trying to explain her actions to the local sheriff, but he's like, nah, fuck that shit. This is my town, bitch. I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care if you're with the damn CIA, FBI, whatever the hell. Men in black, I don't give a shit. Um, which actually, men in black wouldn't be too far off with her. But anyways, I digress. And she did slap him, too. Yep. Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> I wonder if she quit uh, the film actors going after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh... He starts to ask her for identification, and she just shoots him. Uh, Tony does manage to escape the bar, um, but he gets cornered by Savin. Um, he d- does manage to defeat uh, the chick by luring her into this like restaurant where he opens up a gas line, throws the dog tags in the microwave, and like pours oil all over her. Um, Science, bitch! Yeah, <laughs> and she just kind of explodes, and it throws you know him like out of the restaurant with the damn uh, uh, door from an ice maker. <laughs> Um, at this point, uh, Savin grabs the, the, the boy Harley and takes him hostage, but, uh, Harley has that weapon that Tony gave him for the bullies and, uh, shoots that and runs away and it gives Tony time to, you know, basically like find a way to kind of knock him out and, and get out of there too. With his little, like under the sleeve fucking, uh, like Texas Hold'em fucking poker, <laughs> poker shooter. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, so Tony then drives off in Savin's car, and while he's driving, uh, the Mandarin hijacks the airwaves again. 
and explains that he's going to brutally murder the CEO of an oil company on live television if the president doesn't contact him uh, within a specific time frame. Um, you know, there's the whole we don't negotiate with terrorists thing that goes on. And but the president finally does try to make the phone call, but uh, it's too late. And the Mandarin carries out the shooting, uh, warning that the president is his next target. Uh, Tony then calls Rhodey, who's managed to locate what they think is the Mandarin. Uh, Rhodey takes his suit to the Middle East. There he is shocked to find nothing but an abandoned warehouse, which doesn't have a single trace of the Mandarin. It's just a bunch of uh, ladies sewing cheap athletic wear. Who hug him, and he's like, you're free if you weren't already free. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here, but if, if it's that something a, bad, you know. know. Yeah. That was a great I, That was a great joke. You're free yeah. <laughs> if you aren't, you're free. Uh, he also finds that the file he got in uh, Rose Hill is a document from Advanced Idea Mechanics. But one of those uh, women in those... those, those uh, Things isn't that like the isn't that one of like the yeah you, people you think he's in the clear and he you know obviously was set up to make a mistake and the last girl to to walk out of the room turns out to be one of Killian's uh, yeah. people with the extremist powers. Okay, I thought so. I was like, I was so, trying to whatever it was I confused that with something else later. I don't no, no, remember. So, yeah, she she basically knocks his ass out, and that's how they get the uh, I got him, you. him and the suit. Okay. So back we're back in Tennessee now. Tony's driving to a nearby beauty pageant, which I love this scene. Um, this is also where we see Stan Lee's cameo. Uh, he's he's giving a ten to the girl who's talking about what she wants for Christmas <laughs> in her bikini. Um, yes. <laughs> he sneaks into one of the camera crew's vans so he can research date. Um, data on these documents. He's on. Also, I fucking love Adam Polly, so I was so happy when I saw him. Like. I just love him as an actor, the guy who plays the cameraman who's like obsessed with Tony Stark and has the yes. tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fucking hilarious. He's yep. in a bunch of movies. Just super funny actor. Um, f- yeah, fortunately for Tony, that the van's operated by the guy I just told you about. So he uh, he goes as so far as to uh, have this like the tattoo, which uh, who does Tony call it? Like, uh, isn't he call it some fucking funny name like a uh, Spanish like Burt Reynolds or some shit like that? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It's so fucking funny. Has shit that he says. I'm like, God damn. Um, Tony then uses the van's uh, um, shitty internet that that he probably got from the hotel we were at to hack into <laughs> AIM servers. Don't um, get me started about that hotel because I, I left some really choice uh, reviews. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, he attacks into servers. <laughs> no, it's cool. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, there was, yeah, when you have one elevator out of three working in a 13-story uh, tower, it's not very fun. No. Um, an experimental treatment intended to allow its users to recover these from these crippling injuries, such as amputations, for example. Um, however, if the user's body doesn't have the ability to properly met- metabolize extremis, the user's body heats up to an extreme temperature and then eventually explodes. Um, we see a bunch of veterans start growing, are glowing unstably and exploding. And then they use their deaths to cover up the flaws in extremists by manufacturing a terrorist plot. So basically, when somebody explodes because of this drug, they just say that it was a terrorist attack. Exactly. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, the test footage shows that a bunch of early subjects were killed because of this. Yeah. Um, well, we already talked about this, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Rody, Rody tracks down the Mandarin's IP address, and yeah, he's led to that sweatshop that we talked about. He frees the people, frees the ladies, and the last one gets him. Uh, you know, she uh, she disarms him, knocks him unconscious, so now they've got Rody and his suit. Uh, yeah, t- Tony then uses the IP address that the Mandarin has been using to hijack American airwaves and traces him to Miami in a banyan Yay. tree. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that was actually at Vizcaya Mansion, too, which is I fucking, like, I just got a chubby when I was there because that's where you used to go to Renaissance festivals. Uh, they do the, the Renaissance festivals at Vizcaya in Miami. We would go every year. That's a cool place. I could see that being a really cool event. Yeah, you know, it's really fun. It's, it's actually, That's it's nice. not just a renaissance, it's the Italian Renaissance Festival. Oh, oh wow. It's even, even cooler. Uh, so Tony. Tony. Vinci <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I called you a guinea from the 14th century. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Rest in peace, that kid's innocence, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, so, yeah, Miami. Tony infiltrates the uh, state headquarters using a variety of like these homemade weapons that he got you know he made from stuff he got at a hardware store which was really cool like just showing his inventive nature you know he's he he built this suit you know with scraps in a cave (laughs) yeah and then he he basically built like a mobile um, home alone rig yeah he gets you you take this character back to his roots which is you know i have this to work with what can i do with it and he he makes all kind of fucking like the uh the asian kid from the goonies type of yeah. shit you know like a punching uh, a glove comes out of his chest on a spring whatever um so he he breaks in using all this cool stuff he's he's put together and uh also uses hardly's trade trademark potato gun and a limited edition Door the Explorer watch belonging to Harley's sister. Uh, what I really found funny when I saw that watch today, I had just got done watching the um, the Honest trailer for uh, Encanto. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they called Mirabelle, no Dora the Explorer. <laughs> and I fucking lost it. Because <laughs> she didn't get a door. She said she's yep, no Dora yep. the Explorer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cause you know how they always do like the starring and like they make some funny yeah. ass fucking shit. Yeah. That and um the one kid who gets the powers with the, where he can talk to the animals, they called mm-hmm. him Jose Exotica. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I was like, that's really fucking good. Um, once he goes inside the uh, the uh, Vizcaya uh, in Miami in Coconut Grove, which I was actually born in a hospital about. A mile and a half from there. You weren't born in a banyan tree? <laughs> well, I mean, there was banyan trees at my hospital. Oh, okay. It was called Mercy Hospital, right on in, on Biscayne Bay in Coconut Grove. It's one of the nicer hospitals in Miami, actually. The day after Joe was born, they changed it to No Mercy Hospital. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, It was a Catholic hospital, and it was like in like one of the most expensive parts of Miami. I got, it was where I was nice. born. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it explains my, my love of expensive guitars and shit. <laughs> Um, so inside he finds out as he walks through this place, knocking out people, um, two women in a bed actually first. And then, uh, they're, they're really like, everyone's like fucked up in this place too. Like everyone's like high and fucked up. And this is not what the inside of his sky looks like. Cause the inside of his sky is like a fucking like beautiful fucking Italian mansion. Oh, okay. And it's not like, you know, crack house looking so shit. So they went like to this. the studio for that one. Yeah. Um, 
which Vizcaya was also used in Bad Boys 2, I believe. They, they used it that as well. That makes sense, yeah. That was the place where he was looking for the rats and like stuff, and he was hiding in the attic, and yeah. that whole scene, that was also Vizcaya. Okay. Uh, it's been used in a lot of movies. Um, so, But he finds that the Mandarin <laughs> is actually just this kind of weird-ass British actor named Trevor Slattery. Um, who this is the I love Ben Kingsley like this. It's like this is him. Like yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I'm just I'm just fucking acting. I don't fucking give me a beer. He is oblivious to like what the Mandarin has actually done. Um, and when confronted, uh, he tells Tony, um, and and Rhodes that he is the Mandarin, and he manages to basically annoy them to death. <laughs> um. Tony's like, fuck it. I'm, I, I can't deal with this. You, this is your problem now, Rhodes. Take care of this guy. Um, he's like, I got to go take care of Killian. Um, Rhodes does stay behind and tries to get any information he can out of Slattery, who doesn't really have much because... But he does know where the plan is. He does know where there's a boat. <laughs> yes. They gave me a boat. Um, they yeah. gave me a big boat. Um, Tony does get captured by some of Killian's henchmen who lock him up downstairs um, they're, they're also some of the experiments from the extremist plot. Um, and Maya reveals that she was working with Killian the entire time. Uh, so Tony thinks that like he can perfect or she thinks that Tony can help perfect the, you know, the DNA cause Tony's a fucking genius. Um, although Aldrich arrives at this point in time and he tells Tony that he killed Pepper and then basically Tony tries to turn it around him and, and, uh, you know, say, uh, Basically, you know, you can't kill her. You can't do this and that, or I'll never help you. And then Maya like threatens to kill herself, um, basically to to help Tony out. Like like this has gone too far type thing. I didn't sign it for this shit. I just wanted my experiment. Um, at which point, Aldrich just shoots her and says, "Fuck it, you're not holding shit against me." Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. So, speaking of of places where movies were filmed, do you know where I went today? I went to the beach where they uh-huh. filmed. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, nice! In that scene where, uh, where this actor is going to come up. Well, no, he. I don't know if he. Made, Sean Connery hasn't done any MCU stuff or no. didn't do any MCU stuff, right? No, he didn't. Nope. Um, but that scene where he has the umbrella and he's he's shooing yeah. the birds away and it makes yeah, the yeah. plane crash. That's the beach I was at today. Oh man. shit! That's nice. cool. how many spicy pluses were there. Just, just like a few, you know. Yeah. But okay. But they, they, they were, were just, they were Republicans. They weren't. I was like, gonna say they were modern ones. Yeah, yeah. Current day ones. They had nothing to do with the movie. Um, yeah. So we see Tony now. You know, he's been captured. So we see him. Uh, he's strapped to a bed frame, uh, by and he's being guarded by you know Killian's guys, and they're so stereotypically like Miami-ish, almost eighty-ish, like henchmen. Yep. It's just it's they're like. like like out of a lethal weapon movie, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like ridiculous. You know? I mean, they were believable. I was like, oh, this all checks out. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like Miami. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, perfect. You know, I'm good with this. Uh, so you know, he starts to tell them that they, you know, which way? What, did he say I'm going to kill you first? Did he tell one of them that? I believe he. Oh, did. he tells them like you can leave right now. Um, right. If you leave right now, I won't kill you. Yeah. And they're laughing at him because he's strapped to the bed. But little do they know, he summoned the Mar Forty Two. Uh, from Tennessee, it's got a you know bit of a distance to fly, and you know it it, it arrives in pieces, uh, so you know not as not as smoothly as Tony uh, had hoped, um, but you know he finally gets the suit on. He dispatches with the '80s henchman, and uh, he reunites with Rhodey, um, and they uh, 
they figure out that uh, Killian is going to attack the president aboard Air Force One. So they've got to figure out how to make that not happen. Now, the, the suit comes, but we learn that it doesn't yet have full flight power. Um, right, right. It, and it's, again, it's a, it's a good literary method to deal with the fact that, like, this guy's close to invincible when his suit's working. So how do we, you know, dial it down a little bit? Um, Savin boards the president's plane, and uh, he's wearing the Iron Patriot suit, so he psychs everybody out. Yeah. He shoots the Secret Service agents. He takes the president. Uh, he then blows holes in the airliner body, and survivors start just getting sucked out. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Iron Man kills Savin, and he manages to rescue the people falling out of the plane by this is a really cool scene, and it's, yes. it's really inventive. There's too many people for him to just, like, carry to safety. Yeah. So he, he decides to make, like, a human chain and he uses a small electrical current to keep the to prevent them from opening their hands once they're holding hands. So do you guys, the either of you know the the Barrel of Monkeys reference, or is that yeah 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 yeah? yeah. Oh, okay, no, just making sure, just making sure. Okay, hundred uh, percent. Yep, there you go, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't really fucking do it right now. No, no, no. I but I just wanted to make sure because that was a that was a uh, like an everyday game for me as a kid. Uh, yeah, man. Just hang around and play Barrel of Monkeys. So go ahead. Sorry. No, it was it was it was such a cool little thing to throw in there. The electrical current. Yes. That, because yeah. yeah, they probably ran that scene and they're like these these people that are you know obviously like screaming for their lives and freaking out. They're not going to have the wherewithal to like oh yeah we're yeah. all on board like right right. So he controls the situation again with science, which is really cool. And then he yeah. drops them in water while they're electrically charged. <laughs> yeah, he sort of let them go. But I did. I also appreciated the way he slowed down yeah, over the yeah. water. And, you know, they basically, you know, they did a few skips and they were in the water. But you're right. It, there's a little bit. I think he let them go. We'll, we'll say that he let them go anyway. Yeah, he had to because, I mean, it wasn't like salt, salt water either, which also carries more salinity, which would make it even more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> A little shock's not going to hurt you, man. You know, salt life, baby. Salt yeah. life. <laughs> yep. Um, he, he lands on a nearby bridge. The suit is then hit by a truck and breaks into 100 pieces, yes. which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's a cool moment because it reveals that Tony was never in the fucking suit at all. He was controlling it remotely, which why wouldn't you do that all the time? I know, exactly. Yeah, I wonder if like something about going in space and getting stuck there like didn't invent that, like, in, encourage him to invent that. Yeah, like if I could fight crime for my fucking living room while drinking an IPA, I would do it that way, 100%. 100%. Um, meanwhile, the Iron Patriot suit flies away with the president on board. Uh, really cool idea to take the pres president captive in the suit. Yeah. yeah. Tony and Rhodes <clears throat> trace Aldrich to an impounded oil drilling platform where Aldrich intends to kill Ellis on live TV. The vice president will become a puppet leader following Aldrich's orders in exchange for extremists to cure his little girl's disability. Yeah, it's a fucked up scene like where he's like talking to him. And then like as soon as he's, he's on the phone, he hands the phone and goes, nope, everything's good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they show his kid, man, with, you know, she's she's an amputee. And uh, yeah, you understand his, his motivation instantly. Like, oh, he's just doing this for his kid. Yeah. So, uh, Rhodey tracks the president to this massive ship at the port of Miami. 
um, which is also, you know, one of the nation's greatest ports for exporting and importing uh, certain things. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what, but you can use your imagination. Um, cocaine. Cocaine or cocaine, you know, <laughs> the national import of my country. <laughs> um, but your nation is flooding the very same streets. Yeah. That's a great movie, by the way. Yeah. Which we got to do that one? one. That's from Scarface. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where the guys on TV goes, he's doing this whole like speech about how like your country is doing business with the same individuals that are flooding the streets with cocaine or my national product, cocaina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so Tony uh, has a new strategy um, and he has Jarvis enact what's called the house party protocol. Which we go back to the mansion, which is being cleaned up by a rubble patrol, pretty much. And you see a door in the floor open, and like a whole bunch of glowing eyes come on, and then it's just a massive army of Iron Man just come flying out. Uh, and each one's a little different. Um, on the platform, uh, Tony like says he's going to go save Pepper, uh, while Rhodey goes to save the president. Um, but Tony uh, realizes at this point that Pepper has like went through this this uh, extremist procedure now, and um, He's trying to save her, but she's in this kind of like weird like crane that's going across, and she's like kind of stuck to it. And there's like a place that if she goes too far, she'll fall off and die. So Tony's reaching out his arms, like grab my arm. You just got to let go and trust me. Um, however, before she can do that, the whole thing collapses and she just falls down, and we're left to assume that she's dead at this point um, because you know it's about a two hundred foot fall into a fireball. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tony is now forced into confronting Aldrich by using a shit ton of suits. Um, and there's this crazy scene where there's like suits flying every which way. Tony's falling and every time he falls, he just magically has a suit underneath him that he can fall into <laughs> or one fucking flies up and saves him. You know, and every time he's about to get fucking his arm cut off or his leg cut off, he like pulls it out of that part of the suit and he just cuts the piece of the suits off. Yeah. Um, it's the craziest, weirdest fight scene of him like basically jumping into every suit. I also like tells a uh, fucking... Um, Rhodey, yeah, none of these are going to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the suits just, like, takes off with him in it. Yeah. Like, not in it, but with him, like, in its arm or something. Um, It's cool the way, like, he uses to, like, what you would think is killing Aldrich. He puts the number 42 suit on him and then self-destructs it. Um, but, you know, that causes the entire crane to crash. Tony almost fucking dies as he's falling. But, of course, there's a conveniently placed... Machina Deus Ex. Because <laughs> it's not the ghost in the machine, it's the machine ghost. Right. <laughs> just, just happens to fucking be there. It's the machine um, in the machine. It's the, it's machine. the machine in the machine. The Machina and El Machina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as he gets to the ground, he thinks it's all done. Uh, he sees Aldrich come out of the fucking thing, you know, and he's not fucking dead. He's like, what the fuck's going to kill this guy if I couldn't even kill him with the damn suit blowing up on him? Um, but. Uh, Killian tells that Tony that he made it the entire Mandarin thing and that he is the Mandarin, um, which we'll find out way farther down the line that that's not even true. <laughs> um, and all the attacks were taken out, you know, or they were they were extremist experiments, basically. Um, at this point, out of nowhere, right as he's about to kill Tony, Pepper shows up with her power and just fucking kills his ass. Um, it's pretty fucking cool how she does it too. And like, Tony's like, Oh shit, she's fucking pissed at me. <laughs> like he immediately assumes she's going to fuck him up, but she doesn't, she saves his life. Um, and, and it's all good again. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Tony wins again. He was getting his ass kicked. Aldridge was kicking his ass. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. uh, so after the battle's done, Tony orders Jarvis to implement the clean slate protocol. And we watch almost like fireworks. The suits start to explode in the air. Uh, he's just wiping everything off the map. He wants to start from scratch. Um, you know, it, it's it's also a, it's a symbol of him wanting to devote more time to Pepper, sort of, kind of, uh, you know. Uh, we see the vice president and uh, Trevor Slattery uh, get arrested. And then in a voiceover, Tony mentions uh, that Pepper is cured. And we also see Tony himself getting the shrapnel uh, removed from around his heart, which, again, signifies sort of his acceptance of the New York event and you know, his his want to move forward from this, uh, which was pretty cool. I, I did like the symbolism with that. Um, so, you know, uh, okay, there we go. He takes the old arc reactor and throws it out into the ocean again, which is, you know, this symbolizes trying to move forward. He'll always be Iron Man, even without his armor. Um, he gathers some scraps, some scrap parts uh, from the wreckage in his house and drives off in his... In his Audi. Um, he leaves Harley with the rebuilt lab. Uh, so the kid made out pretty well. A uh, new version of his trademark potato gun. And, uh, you know, tell him that Iron Man will be back and leaves a thank you note from the mechanic. Yep. And that's your that's your movie, man. Yeah. I mean, um, we do get the infamous MCU post credit scene. One of them. And uh, it's a funny scene. It's not one of these, like, earth-shattering scenes that you get the, oh my god they're gonna do no this is just a little bit of levity yeah. um we we see that stark is working on himself and that he's in therapy but he's in therapy talking to dr bruce banner uh and it's like motherfucker even though there's a doctor in my name i'm not that kind of doctor um it's funny because he's literally falling asleep at <laughs> And Tony calls him out on it. He's like, "Are yeah. you, are you are you sleeping?" And he's, "No, no, no." You know, but yeah, he's yeah. he's totally asleep the whole time. Um, we get that little that little funny moment, and then we get the words, "Tony Stark will return." And that's it. Yep. It's Iron all Man folks. three. Yeah, fucking so much better than Iron Man two, in my yep. estimation. Oh, a hundred times, absolutely. And I think it's because they had fun with the character and they, they had him do things out of necessity again. Um, you know, talked about it before, but... Also, the villain was better. The villain was better. The yeah. no, nothing, nothing against um, uh, Guy. I can't fucking remember his name all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm right I love my, my Bart. Bring me nothing my against Bart. Mickey Rourke and fucking, you know, Guy from Galaxy Quest, but... <laughs> <laughs> guy from galaxy quest i love it oh my god but like um, you know aldrich you know dollar store brad pitt's way better he was yeah he was a compelling villain for sure same similar theme with tony stark is like you know something you or your family did had an impact on me and yeah. now here we are and i'm going to exact my revenge sort of situation not, not to mention also tony stark's other villain is himself and his anxiety and ptsd and panic that was the yes. element of it that I really, really dug, man. The, you know, dealing with the mental health stuff. Mm -hmm. Al although, <laughs> you know, it was it was a very easy fix for Tony. The yeah. Kid, yeah. 
you know, the kid was like, why don't you just look at it like a mechanical problem? Like you fix things. And he just kind of snaps out of it. He's like, okay. Look, yeah. you can't, you yeah. can't hold BDE down that long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true, Joe. That's the real moral of the story. Yep. Um, so with that said, we're going to get into our MCU score. Again, we've said this in every MCU uh, episode, but this is not a traditional score um, like on our other episodes. That one out of five, um, you know, if I give this movie a four, don't don't compare it to another movie I gave a four. It's not, not how it works. Right. It's we're comparing against the other MCU movies. Um, so it's either one of the best MCU movies or one of the shittiest. And with that said, I'll begin by giving Iron Man 3 a score of 3.9. Ooh, wow. Pretty good. Nice. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was really good for me. Not a four, certainly not above a four. Um, but as a standalone sort of side adventure, I loved what they did with the character. And I think this stuff is what gives eventually Tony Stark's, when we wrap his arc up, it gives it that much more weight. Yes. Yeah, so, I agree. 3.9. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with Eric's sentiment on this movie. Um, it, and again, I mean, it's funny. Both movies that we're, you know, we're doing, the next movie we're doing too. They got they kind of got shit on when they yeah. came out, you know, but they're way better than the shitting that they took, um, you know. So, yeah. So Iron Man 3, I mean, it's not it's not the first Iron Man, but it's definitely better than this way better than the second one. So I'm going to put it at a three point five. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys on this. Like I like like you said, these movies, this one and the following one, they get bad raps and they get shit on quite a bit. Um this movie in particular, um, it's way better than I thought I remembered it being also. Um, and it does have Miami in it. So that also weighs me up a little bit. I'm, I'm not saying I'm biased, but I'm biased. Yeah. A little bit. Little um, bit. I'd probably put it like a 3.7. Nice. A surprisingly positive review for the much maligned Iron Man three. Yeah. Um, that puts it at third with the current ratings. That's about r- of right. Of the movies we've done. Yep. Yeah, because it's definitely better than Hulk and the Thor one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, definitely from this batch. How is it higher than Captain America? We all gave Captain America, because Captain America, again, that was, an origin, that was an origin story. Yeah, so I guess it fell so. into those traps. And this was, you know, a continuation. I, I, you know, it's funny. I was looking at it because I gave that a 3.2. And I was like, how can I give this one more than that? And then I looked at Iron Man 2, which I gave it 3. And I'm like, no, it, it, it is. And that's the reason why Captain America fell where it did. Yeah. You know, it had to no, do with like, the origin stuff. And, you know, wait till we get to Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, that and Civil right. War. Those Ooh. are like those are basically Avengers movies. <laughs> like they're not yeah. even Captain America movies. Captain really. America too. Oh, I'm gonna blow yeah. that movie so hard. I know, right? Right. Yeah. I know. So yeah. Which, believe it or not, like I was doing, like I was putting together, you know, our, our some of our behind the scenes like stuff for this, like some of our synopsis things to like get notes from. Mm-hmm. And I realized we're coming up like on like Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter oh, yeah. Soldier. Like mm. these are like real soon. Like it, this it, isn't it, like. It, 
it ramps up. It ramps up yeah. big time after our next. After one. these two movies, like we're getting into like the 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 fucking main course. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah, Daddy's so. hungry, very very <laughs> hungry. Oh yeah. So uh, on the next episode, which you you'll be hearing right after this one, probably if you if you're like us and who listened to the two that got released the same day, the same day, um, you'll be getting a little bit of a dark a darker world. Uh, you know, with, with Thor. Dark. It's uh, Thor versus the sheeple. <laughs> yeah, the sheeple. Darker world, darker eyebrows, darker yeah. in general, man. Yeah. And darker because we get more Idris Elba, thankfully. Yeah, Fuck, right, dude. Right. Just I'm just going to blow it right now. The scene where he fucking like, chases down the spaceship and takes the shit down. I'm like, get it. I'm like, just get it. That's G- so good. G- give that man stuff to do. That man, He's too good to waste. All right. Yeah. For somebody who literally does nothing but stand in one place all day, when he's called to action, he's ready to go. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to get into it. Join us on uh, the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to show sponsor Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. If you are injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have a legal question, just call Mo. If you wonder if your penis length is average or above or below average, don't call Mo. No. Yeah. No. If you said the word homicidal too many times in a Mo advertisement, just call Mo. Exactly. Well, you text Mo for that. You just knew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have some uh, special people to thank, Doug. You want to you go through the list? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So we've got our uh, Patreon supporters, some, some wonderful people who, uh, you know, they support the show in a way that, you know, I'm being blatantly honest. We'd love all of you to support that way. Uh, and these people are uh, Hannah Christ. Peter Bianco, Brian Gower from the Tone Jerks and the Second Button Podcast, Mr. Will Lehu, our co-host, Joe, and my co-host on the Just Surprise Me podcast, um, Mr. Tony DeGraw, beautiful human, and the uh, the host of the Signal Path uh, Facebook and podcast group and the Texas State Boggle Champs King of the Hill recap uh, podcast. Uh, with his co-host, our very own Joe O'Rourke. Uh, we've also got Mr. Michael McVeigh uh, from Tennessee. We love that man. And last and definitely not least is uh, Mr. Hugh G. Rection. <laughs> thank you. He's our newest member, and we love him dearly. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Where can Hugh. they find that Patreon, Joe? You can go to patreon.com backslash M-O-T-C-U. There you mm-hmm. go. Dollar and, a month, and, folks. Dollar a month. Dollar, and thank you guys so much. Between you and our show sponsors, uh, yeah. again, again, Mo. You know, we've we had Hourglass Brewing uh, sponsor the show. We've we had uh, Pinball Lounge. That that stuff is the reason why we're able to do the stuff we're able to do. That's how exactly. we're able to get Joe down, uh, Doug down here with with me and Joe to do the live show. Yeah, I mean it's huge. Uh, you know, equipment, things that just make it easier for us to to yeah. do this for you guys in um, our wildest dreams we wouldn't have thought it and you, nah. you're all making it happen and it's so so cool yep fuck you doug <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> that's right well with that there's only one thing left to do lights camera fuck off Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. 
Oh, I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> Are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits... Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> I'll say for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie.